Hey everyone, and welcome to The Seed. We are changing over to a new podcast show that is more reflective of where I am in life. Ironically, The Seed was planted by every guest that I had on my Homes and Hops podcast. So listen in, subscribe, and comment on my new monthly podcast, The Seed, which stems from Dandelion Discussions, all about women empowerment, entrepreneurship, and objectives that are often planted in us. Our guest stories are here to inspire, educate, and most importantly, to let you know you are not alone. I am Lisa Resnick with The Seed, and I am sitting here with Terry DeGenero. What's up, Terry? Um, Not much. Not much. Doing good. And yourself? I cannot complain. I mean, I could. Well, nobody Don't we, cares. Yeah, nobody cares. Yeah, no. pretty much. Nobody does care. <laughs> I care. I Aww. care. Thank you. Speaking of caring, mm-hmm. you are exceptionally caring as a person. You are. And so much so that you created the Helms Foundation. I did. I did. I um, I don't know. I know you say the word caring, and I appreciate that you're kind with your words. Um, but the foundation was not, it did not start from that. It started from loss. It started from grief. It started from just a place of, of um, your worst fear, you know, every parent's worst fear. And that's what started it. But it is that is not what it is today. But it grew. It grew. Yes. It has evolved. It has grown. It has taken on its own personality, we'll say. It has taken on purpose. It has affected so many people up until this point. And um, it has evolved on its own. A lot of people say, boy, what you're doing. I says, it has grown from something that was so small and just out of need and yeah. out of exposure, it just keeps getting bigger and bigger. And we are trying to adjust to that is what we're doing. So how long has the Helms Foundation been in existence? Well, it I would actually say not, I think existence is defined by, unfortunately, by government or by community. Correct. You know, um, it, when we received our 501c3, in, in the world of providers, that is pretty much what they look at like, oh, now you're kind of somebody. Now you're legit. Right. You're recognized. Yep. You know. So in 2019, you were legitimized and received your 501c3, which is difficult to go for your 501c3. So I know that I in which I did not know this, but there are various different 501c3s that you can go for. Yes. There's the short form and the long form. I was very fortunate, I will say this, that um, a dear friend of our my children became an attorney. Oh, and nice. Yes, yes. And she volunteered to do this for us. Okay. Now, the, the bad thing about that was is that we did it during COVID. We started okay. the process during COVID. And, you know, everything was shut down. Yes. So you didn't know what was in the process, where it was, how long it was going to take. And it probably took about a year and a half, which is not, you know, I know people will say, well, that wasn't so bad, but it is actually a little bit longer it is than, a what, little bit longer. than it is. what is what they'll advise you. Attorneys will advise you on right. that definitely exceeded. It did. Um, and you did. You had the state 
that was basically not in office. Right. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, you can't call them anyway. No. But still, it, no. it put things kind of in a limbo state for a bit, which was okay. There is so much information gathering, the forms and the paperwork, mm-hmm. and you have to file with the state and the city and the county, you know. So once we did get through that, we then established ourselves as an independent 501c3. We did have a fiduciary. Oh, perfect. For Right. For a few years there while we were going through this process and which made things really nice when we did do a fundraiser or if we did have an event or if we were doing something, you know, in that nonprofit world. Yes. They were gracious. They were wonderful and so helpful. And that's something else that a lot of people don't know when they're starting a nonprofit. They don't know that while they're going through the process and filing their paperwork, that there are fiduciaries out there that will help you and house the money that you are raising for your foundation. Yes. Yes. So then it could actually be utilized and you can start acting sooner rather than later. Yes. Because if you were waiting, it would have been another how many years. Mm -hmm. And, you know, at that time... We were very fortunate, blessed, I say blessed many times, um, to have a great fiduciary. Um, And it was potential development. Oh, yeah. They are amazing. They have jumped on to help me from the beginning because of their belief in art therapy, because they know the power. They were supportive. Yes. And, you know, and that's what you need. You, You need that in your village. Which is honestly, so you just touched on a very key part of what the Helms Foundation is. And it is. It's based upon art therapy. Yes. And this is what I'm hoping, like, you have your story. And I'm hoping that you'll share um, of where the art therapy finally comes, where it started, where you didn't necessarily see it, to the part where you then did recognize it and then saw its significance and its impact. And which also makes sense with your partnership with potential development as your fiduciary. And I know you also work with them in their space as well, providing them that essential need. Yes, we do. Actually, our program grew over this, like we were there last year is when we technically started a lot of programming because we had our first full-time art therapist come on. And now we're up to three um, full-time art therapists and it grew from one day, three sessions in one day to we are now there two days, three sessions each day. So we are being able to affect more individuals. We are have access to more individuals and we're taking our groups and making them a little bit smaller because they're a little more defined based on their needs. Yes. You know, which is really important also. And I think people don't realize they says, well, yeah, you know, we're going to send so many kids down and it could be at potential or anywhere else. Mm hmm. Because they don't understand the level of engagement that is needed for a therapeutic intervention. So what's the difference between art therapy and then me just sitting on my couch doodling and drawing? You are doing therapy for yourself. It is a ther- it's an outlet for you. It's a, you know, so many people create art because of course they're gifted, they're talented. You know, um, it's I got a D in art. Yeah. Well, you know, I I, people say to me, listen, I don't buy I don't make art. I buy art because I don't I have a. I think everybody has a level of creativity. Yes. 
But for me to put it down in that way, do I doodle? Do I sit there and I, I, do, I yes, I, I do therapeutically. I use drawing as an outlet for myself. Again, on my couch. Yeah, absolutely. Where clearly I'm not going to have a teacher give me a grade, right? Which is also nice and, and a nice relief that I don't have to worry about judgment. But it is to me, it is it is so therapeutic, whether it be writing or drawing to get those thoughts and those emotions out on a piece of paper. But what you guys do is so much more than just me on the couch. Oh, it's yes. it's it's guided, it's assisted. It, it is it's a way for me to dive even deeper into those motions that where I might not be willing to do on my couch, I'm just trying to get through the stressful day, but you like it it helps you get to the root of what the problem is. Yes, absolutely. You or know, one of the many problems. No. Well, you know, I think, you know, what you said too is that you can't take away from any level of art or art intervention. Mm-hmm. You know, um, but we, you know, sometimes it has been called, and, and I've talked to many individuals in the community who will say, well, you know, this is a conflict of interest. No, it's not. Mm-mm. We are not teaching art. No. No, we are not even creating art. What we are doing is creating an environment that is safe and secure, that is used and guided, again, by a master level art therapist who also, you know, we have three art therapists. Two Mm -hmm. also have their LPCs, which is a licensed counselor. And it is under their guidance that they either independently, you know, meet with an individual or a group. And they come in and they go through a process of kind of introducing different materials and mediums to find out what is the level here that we are dealing with, Mm -hmm. you know, and we'll just let, I'm going to throw an example out there. Let's say that they are given a group of fifth graders. Okay. And, and this is what is happening because we are at ACLD. Okay. School of Learning. And we were there last year. And our groups this year have become much more defined. And when we come in and we try to explain art therapy, sometimes it's hard for individuals to envision what this truly looks like. And they were open and so caring for their children and they want every opportunity that's there. So we were so fortunate to make this relationship with them. So we came in and anywhere we go, we say, you know, we're where do you want to work? Like, where, where are your goals? Everybody says middle school. Nobody likes their middle school child. Uh, They're just, it's a difficult. That's because they, that's because they don't have the high school child yet. Oh, you know, I've just wait. Oh, I, you know, we had five in middle school and it ugly. They're just, Oh, so much going, so much going on. You love them, but Oh, you don't want to look at them sometimes. And so we went in and we provided these groups and, what was happening, though, is when we introduced these interventions, they were seeing coming out in this process that there were different needs in this group. Okay. And you cannot put individuals in a group and use the same medium. For instance, what might be good for maybe a coping skill or maybe for a cognitive type behavior may not be used with somebody who has anxiety or depression. Yes, I agree. You know, you cannot introduce, it can be something as simple as, you know, watercolor paints or a glue in a bottle as Mm -hmm. opposed to glue 
a glue stick. Yes. You know, which people just think, oh, that's ridiculous. No. No, it's not ridiculous. No. Certain mediums can be very regressive in certain situations. And they were seeing this. And then another thing that was being seen is when art is introduced, art, music, that creativity. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there are layers. There's just layers of trauma, layers of PTSD, layers of just life. And you think, how, you know, in fifth grade? Yes. yes. Oh, my in goodness. Grade, I mean, you know, there are kids in treatment who are seven years old, you know, and, and lower. And I mean, if you even think about the impact... Of all these children because of the pandemic. I mean, it's crazy to think that in some way, I feel like we as adults know we can recognize that it has hit us and has impacted us. But imagine at their level. Oh, two years. This is what everybody, you know, an educator will tell you um, in the several areas that we're at, two years. Everybody is delayed two Mm -hmm. years educationally socially, mentally, Um, you know, there's just that delay. There Mm -hmm. is, you know, a big area that we have been asked to kind of introduce is transitioning from these teens into becoming early adults. You know, there, it lacked, it just lacked for those two years. And that transitioning has been just kind of unguided. Yes. Which you would think, oh, you want, they're going to get older. You know, this is what happens, but it's not that easy. It's it not, not that, that easy. easy. It's not that easy for us. Right. It is a- not. And I think that us adults with children are not probably handling it the best way possible for our own selves before we even are able to fix it or help them get through every loss that they felt, the devastation, the impact that they felt during that period of time. Oh, it. The problems, I think, were always there. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody keeps saying, "Oh, well, the pandemic." No, but they were not. A, they were not as aware. Mm-hmm. You know, they were not as present because when you spend all this time now together, and you don't have those other outlets, yeah, you know, and the influences that you do have are your social media, your TV. You know, all these other that may not be those positive influences that you do need. And then there's, you know, where's the level of engagement? Where's the communication? Where is that face-to-face personal, you know, interactions? And a lot of situations, too, with a lot of kids when they went to school, you know, this is where they received their guidance. This is where they received their meals. Yes. You know, and sometimes the only care that they may have received throughout the day. And people don't realize that, that, yes, this is happening in our community. So a lot of situations that, you know, going back to the school environment, the art therapist was looking at this art that was coming out or looking at this expression and looking at it and it's showing things such as abuse. Mm -hmm. Um, It is showing things as self-harm. It is showing, you know, areas that are, you know, there's, it could be, it's a nonverbal communication. Mm -hmm. You know, are, do they, is there a conversation? Yes. You know, but is at the level of these individuals. And then what happens is, is this art therapist then takes this and addresses this. And of course, then takes it to the next level of, does this individual have a counselor? Are they seeing a counselor? We need to reach out to them. We need to reach out to the family, mm-hmm. you know, that this is happening here. Um, and, you know, and of course, you know, we have our protocol to do all of that. And people don't realize that this is that powerful, that this is showing in this engagement, this level of engagement. 
I think it is to me such a phenomenal and I you have mentioned this to me before that this is like a new a new new process in place when it comes to therapy in that space. It's which, new here. That's the oh, difference. Okay. Oh, is, yeah. All know, right. That's fair. Just, that's fair. I have to, and I say, I say this, I says, listen, if you go to Cleveland, the area, Cuyahoga, Stark, Portage counties, they have a studio um, that is up there and they work, they provide services and there are art therapists in every form of treatment. You may not know that, excuse me, because in the hospital, they're part of that bundle of care. Okay. Okay. You know, they have our therapists on staff. You know, they, it is all there. Akron Children's loaded with our therapists. You know, they have our therapists in areas of, um, let's go with, you know, something where you wouldn't think of it. Let's say, um, oh, oh, what's the word? I just do a break. Um, chemo. Here we go. Oh, here we go. Yes. Chemo, dialysis. Yes. They have our therapists in their facilities that when you are going through treatment, this art therapist goes from room to room as you are there and I think our therapist for postpartum. Oh, po- oh, huge area. I, huge I area. I feel like yes. there are so many different avenues of where art therapy can come into play. Um, I, I think about the holidays, the stress of the holidays. All these, all these different spaces and where art therapy can work doesn't have to be the absolute devastation, right? Um, or hey, we're about to find out who's going to be the next serial killer. But <laughs> no, it, you but, know, art therapy but, is adaptable. But, but but it is like if yes. you think about your day to day ways to prevent burnout, like I think of where how that could be applied. Oh, absolutely. The one thing is it is adaptable to any situation, whether it's group, whether it's individual, whether it is with adults. You know, we have one art therapist, postpartum, mothers, you know, that care, that is her niche where we have another gal who is an art therapist. She's amazing. And she works more with the elderly, the hospice, the bereavement. And she focuses in on interventions for these people. You know, a lot of times, you know, with dementia. Yes. You know, I my husband suffers from severe frontal temporal Lewy body dementia, and he is down at Easter Seals two days a week. And one of those days is when Laura, that's our therapist, yes. is down there. Now, and I tell people, I support this. I preach it. I sell it. You can call it whatever you want. Yes. Only because I've lived it. I see what it, I see what art has done. I know what it does. And I see it now at this level, you know, and I tell people, I says, if you want to believe anything, I say, believe this. My husband has the most damaged mind. His mind is like literally pulled away. Um, there's nothing they can do. There's no medicine. There's no anything. He has no cognition. And he has no levels of engagement, very minimal communication, um, no uh, expression. Yeah. You know, very little expression or emotion, you know, just, it's just not there. And when he goes and he is there on that Wednesday and they have, you know, again, a lore coming in, he will participate. He will actually sit and participate because he has that 
they have that antsiness up and go sit, yes. up and go sit. And he will participate. He will do this. He needs assistance, yes. Okay. But he does this. And he will have this product, whatever it is, at the end of that session, or maybe it's a two-day one. And he will come out with this, with a smile on his face and a level of pride, which is something that is non-existent on any other level. Yeah. And he will see that in our house and he will actually point to it and acknowledge it, which is huge because that, that short-term is, memory is very, is, you know, that very is lost. huge, huge, huge. And wow. Oh, it's huge. There was, you know, we, I was just talking to the, um, to Brianna down there. She is their new, um, tr- she's in charge of the program now and she's a nurse and she has worked in dementia and that she's great. Um, Jody Clay's down there. Amazing. And we just had a great conversation the other day and she says, you know, there's this one gentleman there. He is so funny. Very, we're going to say with it, you okay. know, um, very high functioning. Okay. Um, and he's funny. You come in the room, he's like, Hey, you know, little handsy. I like it though. I'm okay with that. You know, <laughs> whatever. And she says, you know, when the art therapist comes in, everybody just, again, they lighten up mm-hmm. and, she had a great saying, Roxy, who was there too, says, listen, these are elderly people who have some struggles or some difficulties or some are, are you know, again, yes. much higher functioning, but they raised their families. They worked hard. They worked in the mills. You had, you know, union people there. You had truck drivers. You had just people who worked hard, Yes, you know, and here they are now. They never had time between all of that and raising their kids and you know, um, worrying about just so many other things and being caregivers themselves at one point, they never had time to have any kind of expression. No. You know, they never had time to sit down and no. be exposed to this or to even use this. Or you didn't even back then think of going to, th- you didn't dare they go to therapy. They weren't raised that way. No. It was they were very not, taboo. They were no. not raised that was, that that was even an option for them to ever be. Mm-mm. Because that that if they are that way, then they're not being the way that they should be. Right. Especially the men. I, I, I know. I go on about women all the time and what we have dealt with and what we are dealing with and trying to translate our new language for ourselves, our new capabilities and our value and worth. But the men have also been subjected right. to being inside this box as well of what their expectations are to be in life. And if they are not it, the failures that they are. Oh, absolutely. So I mean, there. I mean, there are. There's plenty of art therapy to go around on on both ends of the spectrum when it comes to what what our gender roles are, which is a whole other discussion. Uh, well, but, especially back in the day, you didn't. No. You know, you didn't dare hear that. Oh, your husband was making dinner for the kids, and no, no, you know this. This was like the manly. Man. Now I'm like, yeah, my husband makes the meals. Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> we wouldn't be together if he didn't help out in the house. We both work. Exactly. It's but- all ours. It's not, he's not helping me out. He's doing his job, just like I'm doing my job. I'm not helping out either. So we're oh, all doing our part. We can go back. Women, If even if there was, you know, battered women, this you that yes. was not addressed. No. That was not addressed. You're lucky to have a nice home. That's right. And you're lucky, you know, you... That's right. We you, could go you, back. You we stay could. with your husband. Yes, you do. 
especially, you know, you, we can get into religion and all those aspects. I know. And, you know, we're, we're slowly but surely talking about things and trying to fix things. Yes. We're trying to help. I tell yes. you, we're just trying to help. And here's, yes. this is... This is a major component in being able to help. Absolutely. And we are there and now they have this exposure. And, you know, Roxy, who was there, will tell you, the men's art or what they are doing is will be different. It will look different. They may all be working on something similar, but it will okay. be very different from the women's. Oh. You know, because, again, it's yeah. a perspective. It is emotion. It is all of those things and the interpretation of that when you put it down. Now, it could be something as simple as the colors they use mm -hmm. or the placement of things. Um it all makes a difference. And the one gentleman, she says, this guy, every time when Laura comes in, I'm not, are we doing trees again? I hate trees. I don't want to <laughs> do trees. I'm sick of doing trees, you know. And I he goes on trees. and on. But you know what? He makes the trees. Yes. He does the trees. And yes. he puts his interpretations down. And he, you know, and then she said, you know, as much as he complains, he says this and then he says that. She says one day they had pumpkins and they were decorating pumpkins. Well, this was just what they were doing, yeah. you know, on a day that um, they were doing art, uh, you know, crafts and stuff. And she goes, do you know what he put on that pumpkin? You know what he drew on that pumpkin? A tree. He put a tree on the pumpkin. And we thought, oh. you complain about trees. And we finally give you something else and, and you put a and tree. And put a tree on there. And she says, and I says, but you know what? And this is a moment when you need to step back. And I said to her, I says, this is your example of art therapy. Here is a gentleman who has been influenced by art therapy, who mm -hmm. has had these interventions with art therapy and has done these things based on, you know, whether it's the tree or whatever. And a lot of times with these individuals, their short-term memory is just that. There is not, a, of course, there's a lot of reminiscent. Yes. You know, they can go back, but that immediate, a lot of the times is not there or it's just not as accessible as those old memories. Yes. I says, this gentleman has been influenced by art theory, influenced by what is going on, influenced by this, you know, um, intervention and mediums and whatever it is, to the point where he remembered that subconsciously. He yeah. remembered that he did this. And yeah. that is so powerful. Yes, that it he is. he was able to go back to that and use that in what he was doing. So... How long has art therapy been around? Oh, 50 plus years. Really? That long? Okay, so yeah. how long before it became an occupation? 50 years, would you say still? Oh, well, my understanding is it started in Chicago. Okay. And they had the art therapy program. Okay. But of course, it is not licensed. Not in Ohio. It's licensed in many other states, but not in Ohio. We're getting there. We have to, yes. We're, we're getting we're, there. We're getting there. We're getting, oh my gosh, yes. But the profession has always been there. It is has just not been recognized, we'll say, or validated Okay. Um, over all these years. Because again, who are you to some people? The craft lady. Yeah. The paint and sip. Yes. But that is not it. But it has been recognized in so many other communities. And it's just unfortunate that it has not gotten um, to the level. It just, you know, you're on the freeway on 76. You're going right to Akron. There's like an imaginary line that so, 
I'm going to tell you what was told to me, which seems to be the case when it comes to trends, everything in the United States. I have to just isolate it to the United States. It goes West Coast to East Coast before it settles here. So West Coast, East Coast, here. So it will. It just has to go through the pathway. And I do not know why they jump over the Midwest before they get to the East. I'm assuming it's just because of bigger cities, uh, transformation, uh, transfer of, of information is is faster. And I maybe, don't know. I mean, I there's there's pros and cons, but that I've noticed that I definitely noticed it on the music. So I'll never forget. Um, do you remember that song? Hey, I just met you. Sing a verse. So, no, Sing a verse. I, I, I definitely <laughs> will not. It's like, hey, I just met you, but call me maybe. Oh, yes. Yes. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I have always been told that that was the transfer of information and trends and everything. But it wasn't until that song, I lived on the East Coast at the time, that I heard the song. I was really excited about it. It first came out. My son was maybe two years old and was dancing to it. So I thought it was super cute. And I posted it on Facebook, and then my friend from college who had moved out to California said, that song's been out for five years. <laughs> and I'm like, what? It just came out here. And then I'd, I think it took how much longer before it hit Ohio, which is insane to me. But but there you go. Well. I am with you 110. percent It's it's like the 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 black squirrel or the black squirrels in Kent. Oh yes, they have migrated. How many yes. years? All of a sudden, we're, there we're, they are everywhere. They've been there since I can remember, and I'm not going to say how old I am, but going up there for those parties up at Kent. Yes, and there are black squirrels everywhere, and you're like, oh, I've my, never seen like, one. It's like something foreign. You've never I know. seen it. All of a sudden, one year, there's one in my backyard, and I'm thinking, well, kudos to you yep. for coming all this way after all these years for making your way here. <laughs> <laughs> and it's no different than this. And yeah. it's hard to, you know, if you don't have the programs and you don't have the profession, why would people come here? You know, yeah. I mean, they don't know about it. If if it is not introduced, they don't know. And it's, do they, are there some art therapists in our area? Yes. yes. But unfortunately, because it has not been acknowledged at that, we'll call it the government level. Yes. You know, they have had to turn what they've done is then added on either LSW, with, which is a licensed social worker, because a licensed social worker is a billable service. Okay. Or they became LPCs, which is a licensed counselor. Okay. That is a billable service. Okay. And it's acknowledged. It's billable. It falls under, you know, Medicaid reimbursement. It falls under insurances. You know, okay. now that gives validity. All okay. of a sudden, not that it's a better treatment, not that it's, you know, but it all of a sudden you put that label on it, you make it billable, boom. Voila. Voila. Now you, know, you count. Exactly. Exactly. Which is a shame. It is a shame. And, you know, listen, I call Cat Cat Miller, Catherine Miller, yes. the mayor of Struthers. She's amazing. She's amazing. She's amazing. She's an art therapist. I, Kat, no, I nobody, have no idea. Well, nobody knows because, like she said... When she became an art therapist, there were no jobs here. So she had to move. Wow. There were no jobs. And that's just it. Why would you come here if there are no jobs? So I find it interesting that you just said that 
because you are also spearheading an entire organization based upon something that is very new to our area. Now, I think you and I both under know that it is very hard to create something. It's not like we didn't, we're not reinventing a wheel. We were rolling it in and saying, this will make our area better. We should all pay attention to this and we should all start enacting this in our lives. Be open. But we lost, thank God we have Kat back, but we lost her for a period of time because nobody rolled the wheel in. Right. And here you are rolling the wheel in and it is so difficult to create and for people to see that wheel that you brought in that is so essential to the community that will make everything better. That's the killer. It's like it's an obvious positive. But yet there is resistance. Yes. Which is hard. Yeah. Um, but you're resilient. Oh, I – well, Not I, that we don't have our moments. Like <laughs> yeah. I'm, not, I'm not saying that there aren't our times, but – you're still doing it. I, you know, I mean, I, it is 2023. It. it is, yeah. And what, like you said, it may have been legitimized with a 501c3, but the seed was planted before then. Yes. People, you know, I, again, I, I lived this. I saw what art did with my son. I saw how this was his outlet. I saw how this worked. I saw how his mind changed when things were dark and things were better in this art. And there was nobody, which was so unfortunate that when we were looking for that help, we were trying to advocate. Mm-hmm. And mental health is a very tough area to navigate. It is, you know, and and I'm I maybe I'm gonna catch out for saying this, but but it is not where it should be. Oh, 100%. People will say, well, there's money for this and there's this and there's that, you know, in these programs. It is still not where it should be. Our mental health and like our mental health care, and I think all of us could attest to it, at least our age group, that were around in the 80s, that those institutions weren't necessarily working very well for people either, but to then absolutely obliterate and that's what happened. Oh, yeah. And enti- Closed them all down. An mm-hmm. entire industry was obliterated to then going into the late 80s, the 90s, to where we are now, and the repercussions and what we're seeing out there, and people not really knowing where to go either. If they know somebody and they love somebody that needs help, not knowing how to sift through everything to find out who's the right resource. Well, before... There at least was that guidance. There was at least that assistance out there. Besides the fact of even coverage, like you mentioned, of where it was there before, where it's not now. I think companies, and I don't know about here, I do know in more metropolitan areas, companies that have incorporated that into their policy of covering for their employees because they realize what they're doing to them now. Right. Well, you know, <laughs> that, they, that they need they need to be provided health care and mental. Right. If you are not mentally and physically right with yourself, mm-hmm. you know, you cannot be a caregiver, you cannot be a contributor to society. 
You cannot be a parent. You True. cannot be all those things. You know, we deal with, um, you know, transitional housing individuals. And, you know, these are individuals that are coming maybe, maybe out of jail, out of rehab facilities, mm-hmm. out of this, you know, and then boom, here come their kids. Well, mm-hmm. you have so many needs to address on your own. Then you have your children's needs. Mm-hmm. Whose do you address first? Yes. Who, like, do you t- take care of yourself first? And then, like, okay, when I'm there, then, okay, the kids will fall in. You know, and sometimes you need to reconnect. You know, people think, oh, well, that's just nature. It's their bond. No. No. That is not natural no. in a lot of instances. And they have to learn how to reconnect and deal with each other. Also, you know, there is a lot happening there. Yes. And people don't realize that it goes so far beyond just going to a counselor, you know. And listen, I I couldn't imagine being in that big world. I see what the struggles are on my end. And everybody is trying, you know, but, you know, there's stipulations put on by the government mm-hmm. on you can only do this or you can only do this and it has to be this and it has to be that. And everybody is trying. And it is, it's, it's hard. It is hard. It's hard to find a good counselor because these poor individuals... They're, they're trying. And they're also restricted. They're very restricted. So even if they see and know what they should be providing to to who they're trying to provide care, because of the restrictions that they're under, they're not capable it's of being difficult. able. Because if they do do that, then they're going outside their purview of where they're allowed to be, that space, which it's not... It makes no sense. It makes, I can't fix it. I'm going to be honest. My heart goes out to everybody who is in that field and because I have a huge problem of not overstepping. (laughs) So I probably would be in a lot of trouble right now. And I appreciate them so much for taking on that position. It is not easy at all. No, to listen. But they care so much. They do. And you know, to have, and then they take that home too. Mm-hmm. So you're thinking, okay, what about their health? Oh yeah. You know, and their frustrations, mm-hmm. you know, as a professional wanting to provide the highest level of care when sometimes there are those parameters that may be put on them. You know, so everybody is trying, they are, and trying to address these needs on our end, like I said, as I'm pushing that very heavy wheel, you know, yes. along the way, it's difficult because we are not considered a billable service yet. Now, the government has, Governor DeWine has finally signed for our therapy to be licensed. Okay. A huge accomplishment. Yes. Not taking away from that. But then again, we don't know, A, what that's going to look like. True. We don't know that once this does go through its process and they're saying maybe next October, you know, that they will figure this out and what it's going to look like, what that licensure is going to look like. That doesn't mean insurance is going to accept it. Now, how does it being a billable service, how does that how does that impact the nonprofit side? Because we are not to be billable. You have to be paneled on insurances. Yep. Okay. Some of let's we'll say Medicaid. Medicaid, everybody is well aware of Medicaid mm-hmm. and how Medicaid works. Well, to be a provider on Medicaid, you have to go through this process and it takes sometimes years. And it's very costly. Yes. It's very costly to do. Then you have to get that certification. Then you have to use their medical records, which is an expense. Then you have to follow their guidelines. Then you have to have the billet your building, you know, meet guidelines. There is so much to that as a 
provider, you know, like I said, for what we do, there is no way we can have that. Oh, we, I would never recoup that, especially as a no. nonprofit where you are trying to work with other nonprofits. You have to be to like a hospital service. level nonprofit. Yeah. Or, you know, these, you know, big companies, you know, yeah. big providers, you know, you have Alta, Meridian yeah. Compass, all these, you know, they can do that. And it's difficult for them as well. But they have they the have the resources. overhead to be able right. to they handle it. They have the resources. It. They have been established all of these years. Mm-hmm. You know, listen, I hope to have that problem somewhere along yes, the way. I, I hope do. you do too. I do. But right now, people have to understand that we are providing services, especially to those individuals. We have had many phone calls, people reaching out to us for services. You know, my child is very introverted or my child or, you know, adults. You know, yeah. they, they have found out about this. And we have kids or teens even, which is, you know, when a teen asks for help in this way, you recognize that you have to acknowledge that. And, you know, we have to come to these individuals and say, you know, we we do not bill insurance because, again, there's no coding or anything because it's not licensed. We yes. do have LPCs, you know, that are licensed, but you have to then be paneled on the insurance. You have to have you have to go through these other systems to where we can't do this right now. We are working on making an alliance to do this. So how are you funding this phenomenal organization with uh, all that crap? Let's face yeah. it. Let's face it. It's it's we, the crap that we all have yes, to sift through. Yes. We have been very fortunate this last year with grant writing. Many, several, community foundations have funded us to get us on Which is our amazing. feet to get us go- it is it is and uh, you know and believed in us yes and obviously that has paid off because again we now have three full-time art therapists i have a, i can't an even imagine assistant. not sitting down with you and not seeing the significance and not funding it because you believe you you believe you you use it you see it and a lot of people you know and listen I can come in here and if my arm fell off people would be like oh my gosh you know yeah because it's tangible and you know you have to come in with your numbers you have to come in oh, you know, yes and when you're in the world of therapy that's difficult yes that's very difficult to do that because it affects people in different ways and you need to have you have to build that rapport you have all to your variables that. yes your statistics your numbers all that. and but we're not just numbers terry no we are when it comes to submissions <laughs> we really are and you you know and so many times people don't understand that this is something that is so new and we have stories we have that building of oh my gosh this person was nonverbal for how yeah. long now they're verbal now they're expressive now they're doing this you know jjc you know down there they'll yeah. be the first ones to tell you their incident rates lower their um communication is higher their you know engagement whether it's with in the classroom or outside has improved significantly since we have been there and i mean they had a couple covid you know, outbreaks earlier on. And we would zoom in to do this. We would even do it by Zoom. These kids are asking for services outside of that. Now, you're talking about a community of these kids that you read about in the paper, Mm -hmm. you know, and I don't know what their resources are outside of that. But while they are there and they are 
undergoing art therapy. And if they are fortunate enough to be able to go back home or go back to wherever that may be, you know, they're telling us they want to continue with art therapy. We need to make that available to them. Yes. You know, and I and I can't turn around though and say, well, yeah, we'll build Medicaid for that or we'll build, you know, we cannot. Um, unfortunately, like says, we're trying to, but in the meantime here, what we have been doing is using grants and fundraising um, and begging. Yes. Listen, be, <laughs> I you know. know, it's it, people... And it's fundraising is tough. Is one of the most difficult occupations out there. Yes. Um, I say more so for actual candidates because they're talking about themselves and trying to have people give them money. But even the same thing goes for organizations. Uh, It is not easy to constantly be that person. Because you don't want people to like you. They see you walk through in the door. Oh, don't and, talk. She's gonna ask for money. She's gonna and, ask for money. Avoid her. Avoid her. Yeah. They like sparse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Scatter. They scatter. Is what they do. They scatter. <laughs> you do. You know. And the it's hard. Yeah. Because you're trying to convey how important this is, and if a lot of people, you know, unfortunately, if it does not impact them directly, mm-hmm. you know. They don't get it. Which, or, which is not the right attitude to have, especially if you're community oriented, because whether you like there is an impact to you, you just don't. It's not direct. It's right. an indirect impact to you. So you need to pay attention to those things in the community. Yes. But I also think that conversation that we just had regarding everybody scattering as soon as we walk in the door asking for. I think that's when fundraisers decided to start creating events. I, I hope so. I hope some, I, I don't know who came up with I, it or whatever, but I would love to goodness. know thank that goodness. conversation, that that first event that somebody held to raise dollars for their organization and said, well, instead of having them run away from us when we walk in the door, let's make them walk into our door. Yes. Yes. And that, honestly, and that has gotten so much harder also because- you know, we're char- we're having our gala and we're charging $100 a ticket, which is pricey. I'll be the first one to tell you, but you but There's also the $50 VIP. Right. Exactly. You know, everything has caught our catering yes. or food has doubled. Oh yeah. Doubled. Then you have your overhead of the hall, and then you have, you know, you want to provide something for individuals for a night out for them too. You know, and and which yours is fun. So it tell, is. so tell it us is. about the gala. It is. We are having a gentleman from Cleveland come down, and he's bringing a full size, a regular craps table, yeah, and a regular roulette wheel. And I love roulette. Poker. You know what? I don't understand a lot of it, but I you listen. I've been on a cruise ship down in the bowels of it, playing <laughs> with my chips because you know with my free drinks. <laughs> And um, just having a good time with it, having a great time with it, just being involved, mm-hmm. you know, with the kids. And, you know, I think this is super fun. It, it is. And, you know, um, we're going to have a DJ. Mm-hmm. You know, we have uh, three different caterers coming in to provide for the event, for the evening event. Yes. It's an open bar. Uh, Woodland Cellars is used. We're going to have signature drinks. They're using their products. You know, they do beer, yes. wine and mead. Yes. And making signature cocktails. With meat, which is usually you're thinking, yeah, bourbon. Everybody's on the bourbon trail. Well, we're mixing it up a little bit using 
and substituting, you know, so they can kind of say too, hey, listen, we have this brand new beautiful building that we're Which redoing. Is absolutely gorgeous. What they have done is amazing. I, to be honest, it's a, it, people, if you go in the front of that building and the marble alone and the floors and that staircase, beautiful. So, so Woodland Cellars, they are visionaries. They are. So I am very happy that they were the ones that acquired that building in Youngstown. Yes. Youngstown or Liberty. But off of Logan Way. So yes. I'm very happy that well, they, they have, did. They acquired both of them. They actually own oh, that, two mansions. That's right. Who's, who can go around saying we have two mansions? I know, yeah. right? Yes. They live in, in the one, but they've had events in there too, my understanding. Which, yes, they have. Oh, it gorgeous. It is gorgeous. So we'll have a night out and that's on November 18th, right? Yes. Starts at five? Uh, the no six o'clock is the we did like a VIP yes tasting yes you know we're gonna have somebody playing the piano somebody playing the cello it's just gonna be a kind of a gathering of those who want to just sample things and do a little pairing beforehand to have that you know first kind of view of the artwork also yes. that we're gonna have um, we have a lot donated we've created some from our artscape we've you know pulled our own canvases. And took the, um, when they were doing paint throwing. Oh, yeah. And we made pieces, you know, from there. Oh, that'd be so much fun. Yeah. Oh, it was so much fun. And we have, you know, that. And then we have a lot of people will donate, which is gracious. You know, their talents and their stories as to, you know, what they, to what they have created, you know, and submitted. Yeah. And so it kind of gives them just that little one hour of this. So this is the Helms Foundation main event of yes. fundraising. Yes. To help us deal with the crap that has not been resolved yet. Yes. We try, you know, we are trying. Every dollar counts. To absolutely. Because, you know, a lot of the places we go, there are nonprofits as well. Their yes. budget is not going to allow. 100%. You know, because where their dollars come from, their dollars may come, you know, let's go with potential development. Mm -hmm. You know, yes, those come from the school, but it has to, it's designated for their education. It has to be yes. so many hours of interaction for this. It has to be. And it's so not easy for these, in, these institutions, the, these educational institutions to get the grant money that they need. And I do hope in general, this is my general blanketed statement to the state of Ohio's educational system is I hope that the state starts funding all the schools in the state of Ohio by incorporating more of these programs because they are so essential in the development of our youth who will become our leaders. So it is, it's leadership skills, it's art therapy, all these things that are not part of your typical academic standards but they really should be. Oh, absolutely. If, if yeah. we as a nation want to accelerate above and beyond and be the superpower that we really are, then we need to start incorporating these types of programs in our educational systems so our kids are way more well-rounded. Oh, you, you, that, and that's the best way to put it. You want an individual who has coping skills. Yes. You want that individual who can deal with yes. the world, the outside world in yes. a productive, nonviolent, yes. you know, um, healthy, mentally and physically way. And I love the fact that you keep mentioning individual. 
And this has been like the theme this week for me in all of my conversations. And somebody said, and I, I heard them somewhere, I don't, I'm so talk about short term memory. I don't know if they, it was a conversation with me or I overheard the conversation, saw it on TV. I don't know. But a parent was talking about their kids and the individual. And and you can't blanket. You can't blanket approach. You can't blanket yeah. approach. I mean, I think we learned back in the day the four different types of learning styles, which have now grown even further that as adults, HR, how they have to incorporate educational training programs with, with their employees, all this stuff. Art therapy, you mentioned it. Like each group, you have to isolate in between because they're all individual-based. Um, it's everything. Like you, you have to think about the individual and you have, which is difficult, especially if you're one teacher in a room, one therapist in a room of 20. Mm-hmm. But really, you have to be able to adapt and know each of the students, each of their needs. As an employer, you have to know each of your employees, each of their needs in order to like truly make the impact and, and accelerate the way that you want. Oh, everybody. I think we all know, you know, we had five children in mm-hmm. our home. Yep. Every one of them was different. Every one of them was different. This may not have applied to this one, applied to that one, but they all had the same set of rules and they yes. had to learn how to follow those set. You could have your own personality and you, you know, this and that. Yeah, curfew was still 10. Exactly. Yeah. And that's just it. But you also have to know that to be respectful of that. Yes. And to be aware that I don't care whether you like it or not. Mm-hmm. This is what you have to do now. It's all on what do you have to do to make this happen? When you, whether it's being home at 10 or whether it's doing the yard or whatever it is. Okay. Once again, how do you do that? Mm-hmm. You need to have the skills to do that. This is art therapy is another form of therapy. It's another form of treatment. It's another type of intervention that is out there. And again, you know, People, I say, you know, it, it's a counseling, it's a therapeutic setting and people need to know that. And I'm not saying it's not the cure-all. It mm-hmm. is not, you know, it is something though that is there's, there. There's not just one pill. There is not. And no. it is there for those. And even people say, well, you know, I don't like art. I don't do art. It has nothing at all to yes. do with art. Yes. We are there to learn from you. They're not looking for the next Van Gogh. No, no, <laughs> they are not. It, it is not that product. It's no. not about the product. It is what is happening during that process. What is this person going through? What is the art therapist getting from this also? Mm-hmm. And how are they going to use this to move forward, to get to have that goal setting? Yep. You know, and that's what it is. Again, people would say, well, he doesn't like, that is not what it's about. Have you ever been to the Andy Warhol Museum? Yes. So Andy Warhol, he's known for his prints. Madonna, the soup can, like, absolutely amazing and how he created this new art during his age. But there's a portion of that museum and where it's not his print work. And it is... Where where I'm thinking, especially if you ever deep dive into Andy Warhol, that was his therapy, his outlet of art, that it's dark. Dark. Mm-hmm. Very dark. Yeah. And and you look at the two of your, your... Your commercial side of things. And then 
really what was going on inside him. I mean, it's just, it's amazing. And that's not the art that anybody would buy. No. Oh, there's art. And we have been told. I mean, they, they probably would at Sandy Warhol. But, well, like, yeah. but yes. But anybody else? <laughs> no. You know, but you know what? The, the shame of it is it too, a lot of times they don't see that or you don't become famous until something does happen I know. to you. It I doesn't know. get acknowledged until, I know. you know, something happens. And we have had, and I will use potential, um, they will come to me once in a while when they have an individual who needs some special attention or materials, mm-hmm. you know, because we, we give them a lot of materials as well. And they, I says, well, you know, what is, what, what's going on here? Like what direction is there? You know, what mediums? I says, because we're, vi- we have to be very sensitive to that as well. Yes. They says, well, we can't, we can't bring in her art. It is so, so dark. It is just like scary. And she's only, I, however old she was, she was young. And yeah. And she goes, it is definitely being addressed. It is definitely, you know, okay. and, um, so therefore we're giving them stuff to help this to evolve into something to where this can now be a beautiful a starting outlet. point. Yes. Something to say, okay, there, there's struggles here and it is so bad, mm-hmm. you know, and yes, this is being addressed in that, you know, therapeutic. And then what, what do we, what do we do now? How do you take this now? You know, and that is what they do. And that's the difference between the art teacher And the art therapist. Yes. Or me just sitting on a couch drawing. Yes, absolutely. It is. uh, They have their masters. Mm -hmm. They have their masters. And again, they have their licensure. You know, not all do, but some do. But, you know, I have one um, art therapist from Pennsylvania. Went to school in Pennsylvania. Yeah. It's billable. Yes, It's been billable in Pennsylvania. Yes. You know, so... Then, you know, are they going to allow that to cross over into Ohio? You know, which is a big struggle for therapists in general, you know, yes. because they're it, everybody's struggling to get therapists. I believe it. Yes. You I know, believe it. Um, all the way around, short staffed and, and exhausted. I, I think that, oh, I can't even imagine the mental strain that therapists have undergone. And they have lists of people I'm, who need to be seen. And just like you said, beyond just the pandemic, if you if you think about how fast-paced our world has become since the early 2000s, it I can't even imagine a whole new world of problems that they're facing with children, with with television, with the phones, with with their iPads, everything. Um, clearly, I I use social media a lot, but I can tell you conversations with other adults that are my friends that have closed down their accounts because of the anxiety that it brought up in them. For them, it was like watching. Dateline and watching like people getting murdered all the time. They couldn't handle it. For them, it was seeing what everybody else's lives were and them just thinking that their lives weren't that good. Now, I look at social media differently. I think I've said this to you. Oh, it, it's how you use it. You're going to abuse it or I, you're going to... I look at it as know. it's a photo album. It's as if I'm at everybody's house. And I'm flipping through their photo album or watching their their movies or whatever. 
And that's all it is. Nobody ever, it's like inside out. Nobody ever takes a picture of you crying before your parent finally made you smile for the photo. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. You only see the smile for the photo. They, you don't see the before. You don't see the after. You don't hear the arguments of, mom, I don't want the photo, anything like that. And But these kids didn't grow up in my world. They have their own new world. So what they're facing with social media is completely different and their navigation through and like figuring out. Oh, the out. influences that are there are, again, you yes. can use it. It's like anything. You know, you can in- introduce the simplest of things. Yeah. And what's going to happen is somebody's going to abuse it and somebody's going to use it for yeah. good. So these therapists, what it, it is constantly like they have to keep keeping up with all these new issues that historically, academically, what you learn in college at the collegiate level is not necessarily at par with what's happening. And, you know, they, I, you know, and this is what I hear. I'm just repeating what I hear is that they are so overwhelmed. They're mm-hmm. are lacking counselors. They have just a list of people waiting. Yeah. Waiting for services. Like, in my mind, mental health or any kind of health, you know, it needs to be addressed. And of course, like anything, the longer it is delayed, the worse the the situation becomes. And it is not a fault of theirs. You know, again, you can only see so many people. You can only do so much, you know, but there is so much need that is there on so many levels. So many levels of care that is needed. You know, and that's a struggle in itself. And when we, you know, come into this or, or we're new to this area, um, we just want to help. And this is what I've said. I, everybody does. We want to help. We want to offer this, at, you know, not as an alternative, but as an enhancement of the treatment that is happening. We want people to know that, yes, we have counseling. Yes, it is our therapy. Yes, this is what we're doing. We want to have those groups. We want to have those individuals to address a lot of these needs. Again, not taking away from anybody, but just letting them know that we are here. You're Yes. Right. Unfortunately, though, we do have, which is a whole other podcast, to talk about everybody's inherent internal fear of scarcity. But that's a whole other thing. Yes. But, but, yeah. Oh, Lord. We can't save the world problems today. We can't no, solve all of them. Not today. But, but, um, but I do feel you should write a book one day. Oh, yeah. Probably not. Once you get the wheel in place, I do think that your story is so impactful and could help so many people. I really do. It's hard. And one day you'll mm. get there. I, oh, I do think I, of, yeah, I talk, you know, it, it has, you know, you could talk, 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 text a book. Yeah. <laughs> just oh, saying. it, yeah. Just from, I don't know, you go back all these years and, you know, you feel as a person, you're just invincible on all levels and you should, because you can't live your life like something's going to happen. True. You know, uh, you want to talk about crazy, you would make yourself, yes. you know, you can't live like that. But then when it happens. It's all of a sudden like you go to a place that is just, well, how do you deal with this? Mm-hmm. What do you do? Yeah. You know, um, there's a lady who had said something just so powerful to me once. 
she she gives a lot of art and she has in the past. She was exposed to art therapy up in Cleveland when she was in the hospital. Um, I, I don't know the actual sequence of these events, but anyway, she went through a divorce. Then she suffered terrible depression and then she had a brain tumor. Now, listen, that's a lot. That is a lot. That is a lot. I don't know if it was her depression that got her to the hospital or if it was, but all irrelevant. She, yeah. But she was there, but she was exposed to art therapy. And she will tell you that art therapy saved her life if it was not for art therapy. But as impactful as that is, she will tell you when she submits art, she always would write, she writes something in there. And the very first time she sends something to me, she says, I am managed, you know, she was doing well. She was getting back to work and her life, you know, um, and I hope that she is still doing well. And, but she was like, I would have, I would rather have another brain tumor and go through that than have another bout of depression. Wow. That's big. That is that big. That is big. Who wishes, she goes, if I had to wish something on my house, uh, on myself, she says right now, between the two, I'd ha- I'd take the brain tumor any day. I think a lot of people who truly suffer from depression, not just I'm having a bad day or a bad week or a bad month or 2023 has sucked, but truly you have don't to know. Yeah. And I, I, I don't know what they're going through, but what can, I can feel for them is how isolated they feel in it. And I can't, my heart goes out to them because to empathize at that level of what they're going through is not easy. No, for, it is not. For people to do. No, it's not. There are not people say, well, you know, there's a lot of help out there. Listen, when you and get we try to, to that point, yeah, when you get to that point, you can't make that decision. You don't, no. you know, I'll be the first to say when, when my son passed away, you went to a spot that you couldn't get up. You didn't want to get up. You didn't want to yeah. bathe. You didn't want to this. You didn't want to talk to, you know, and... You sink to the point to where yeah. you, in your mind, there is no way out. This is it. Yeah. This is just it. This is where I am. I am never, ever yep. going to be better. You know, and I couldn't imagine, you know, it's kind of like that mother, you know, who has that baby that cries and cries and cries. My gosh, yeah. that crying. You know, you know, you have to have, there's something there that makes you put that baby down and walk out of the room. Mm-hmm. You know, as opposed to the alternative, and I, I will not judge anybody. You know, yeah, and and that's because, and I think another kind of a profound thing would be to say, prior to that, I probably did judge people. Like, how could you do that to your child? How could you, you know? I know. Until you're in that position, and people yep. don't understand that too, and I think that that maybe is what we're trying to say is that until you're in that position, you don't think you'll ever get there. But I think we all have that potential. We, I, I think, think so too. With you know the stresses of you know just life anymore, you know you could get there a lot faster than you think. And yep. when you're there, you don't even know it. You Very don't. True. You don't. And that's when those bad decisions happen. That's when you are almost I mean, beyond yourself. If you knew it, right? You right. Your decision would be different. Exactly. You know, but you can't sit there and look at no. that person because the mind again is so amazingly powerful. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I go back to my husband and I see, you know, how powerful it is and how it can take an individual, a fully functioning 
cognitive, aware, grown adult. And within years. Yep. Take everything away. And yes. the emotion, that's, just, you know, it's not just the physical, you know, shrinking of the brain and pulling away. It is how it just eats away at your emotion. Like mm-hmm. I tell people, I could drop dead right there on the floor. He would step right over me and not blink an eye, not blink an eye. I could cry, n- not faced. There, how that mind, how powerful yep. that is, that that is taken away, you know, and Why? You know, yeah. they they can't figure out why. No. You know, um, if you look back, you can't say, oh, he's had, you know, this happen or he's had that happen, you know, or he no. has this injury. No. He ate too many peas. He ate too, yeah, whatever, <laughs> there, yeah. No. Or he didn't eat enough. It's, it's, it's the hormones. It's this. Yeah. Nah, I there's, don't know. There is nothing that you could do to pinpoint no. an exact. You no. Just, people will tell no you, way. well, it's the hormones oh, and this. And, okay, please. I, lo- I love people. I love those people that will call you and tell you, well, this is what you should be doing. Well, that's weird. My cousin, that's he did this. So this was the result. And it didn't take that much time. It was a much better. Like, listen, no. I know you all are trying to help. Yes, please. Yes. Just, and I appreciate that. Yes. And but, it's appreciated. Yes. But sometimes just listen. D- and when you're in it. It goes back to that individual. Oh, yes. And Anybody who has kind of been there or, or is in it or, you know, you have to look at it in a way that, my God. Yeah. How do you lose your emotion? How do you lose your just your sense of, I know. of reality? I know. You know what I mean? And to have like, thank goodness people are like, well, how is he? I says, listen, the man does man I do love that he loves food. He does love food. I have to lock my refrigerator. It's all unlocked. My I whole house that. is on lockdown. If you I tell somebody, please, please, if you anybody, and if you're listening to me, that person who wants to break into my house, I say come on in because you won't be able to get out. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's we can't right. get out. It's locked, it's cameras, it's you know, alarms, it's it's everything else. And he to take that away. Yeah. To take that away from a healthy mind a healthy you know not alter people say well you know they're you know they're on drugs or they're this or that no my husband had a healthy yes mind you know without no altering no no what he did back in the day i maybe i, I doubt it i, I mean, might i don't know he could have had a little fun oh he had a lot of fun a lot of fun <laughs> um but there he is now i have an 89 year old mother yeah sharp as a tack yep sharp as a tack you know and here's my husband who has been struggling with this now for how many years? Yeah. And it just gets, it just keeps declining, declining, declining. Well, what kind of mind is it? And that's what they say, you know. And then with the Louis, the Louis body part, you know, they see things and they become paranoid. And the frontal is anger. So things, things, you know, evolve and, and things happen in there that you can't even control. So I can't even imagine in a mind... People don't understand I think that, that it's something happens. I think that that is the hardest thing that people that people have to comprehend when it comes to dementia, Alzheimer's, addiction, all those things where you're living your day to day, you're you're cognitively making these decisions, but for those people, they don't have the cognitive capability to make the decisions that you are, to feel the emotions, to empathize, all those things that sympathize even, to like all that help 
make us create what what we feel is the best course of action. Sometimes what we feel is the best course of action is not. Hey, but, but we can at least make a but, decision. But These people yes, cannot sometimes make good decisions. They can't. Yeah. But but the fact that you said how he still like he'll create the art and then he'll see the art. He'll acknowledge it. Yeah. Which is thing because we of course we yes. have to put it on the refrigerator. He'll that's, point to it and acknowledge huge. it. Yeah. That's huge. And that short term memory which is not the strongest of no. his you know, definitely, really, there pretty much is not any yeah. of that. But again, when it, it does, it touches that part of the brain. I mean, there's research on it that you get through all those layers mm-hmm. of whether it's anxiety, depression, trauma. You know, we all can say PTSD, you know, and you get to that layer to where you have these introductions of different materials. You have this introduction yep. of expression you have music you have these things that you know you go with your quantitative and you go with your qualitative yeah you know and you introduce that and it stimulates that part and like i said his is probably one of the most damaged minds and it activates that yeah it stimulates it whatever word you want to use but here it is and he, again, will have this. He will acknowledge it. And he will come out holding that thing with a smile on his face. I think that's awesome. Yes. It, it's, it is. I think is. that's awesome. It is amazing. It is amazing. And to, I couldn't imagine. So everybody out there, yes. you need to help fund this. You know what? We need that corporate level of sponsorship. Yes. Or we need that corporate level. We need people to know that we're there too. And yes, yes, refer to us. We are there yes. to help you. We want to expose people to this. We yes. want them to know that we are there. We want them to know because that we're that's the trying first step, to help. Yes. Is rolling the wheel in for every, education. and for everybody to see for so then they know what they're looking at. Yes. We want to educate yeah. the community. We want to have that present presence here. We want to affect those in our community. Mm-hmm. We want the community to have access to us, you know, yes. and other providers and, you know, that don't have this. You yes. know what? We're, I, I don't want to take away anything from anybody. We no. I, we just want to help you. We want to help the community. No. Listen, my paycheck is, you know, listen, this is worth more than what I make right here. This little straw. I'm just letting you know. She's holding up a coffee straw. Um, coffee straw. <laughs> uh, you know, that's not, to me, that's not a, listen, yeah. I worked all those years to fuel this until yes. this became its yes. own, you know. Yeah, you um, didn't retire very well. No, but listen, I tell everybody, I'll go back to work if I have to. I don't want to, you know, but, um, and we are reliant, and I don't want anybody to think that that is going to be a permanent thing on our payroll. We need to get over this hurdle of the licensure. We yep. need to get over this hurdle of getting out in the community. We need to be and accessible those, to the community. Yes, and yes. creating those partnerships. Yes. Um, so for everybody, again, the gala is on November 18th. You can look up information if you want to attend. And it should be a very fun casino night. It's a casino night. And you can look it up at on their website, which yes. is www.helmsmv.org. Org. Yes. And you honestly, if you go on Facebook and you look up the event. Yes. If you go to the Helms Foundation, right, you'll it, find it there or Instagram. Yes. And it's sometimes easier to go through that 
as well, you know, and then you get your chips when you come in. They could buy extra chips. We yes. have baskets. We have auction items. It's just gonna be fun. Oh, and it's something different. I, lo- I I like different. It so is. I love it. And I, then if you can attend, but you still want to support, yes, you can go to their website again: www.helmsmvm as in Mary, V as in Victor. dot org. If you just want to donate, yes. Uh, well, you know, we'd like to do, we like for people to put ads. You know, it's not yeah. a, an, an overly big amount or a greeting to let people know what else is in the community. Oh, I think that's it. Let, you know. I um, am all about community supporting community. So yes. I absolutely love that. Thank you so much. All right. All right. <laughs> Thank you, everyone, for listening in to The Seed. If you'd like to receive our weekly newsletter, go to dandelion-inc.com and click Let's Connect. And please be sure to subscribe to The Seed's monthly podcast to hear more inspiring stories from other badass women that are all around us. Remember, behind every woman is a tribe of other successful women who have their back. To you all, thank you.